0: That was like the biggest thing that I had to learn. First, what my triggers were and how to deal with them. But I did it very softly, very gently and very slowly. I started just seeing friends, meeting them one-on-one for like coffee or we would go for a walk or we'd go to dinner.
1: Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a Clear-Headed Podcast. I talked to Grace Adams today. She goes by sober, not boring on TikTok, and we TikTok about a lot of things. And we really discuss the difference between starting something out of shame and starting something out of confidence. Let's start with the way I start every episode, which is if you can time travel with me and kind of go back to your moment or moments of clarity when you realized alcohol was no longer serving you, what was that like?
0: I'm going to say I had two. Um, And the first one, um, I tried to stop drinking by myself because, and I didn't really tell a lot of people because I didn't want it to be real. Um, And it was after a bachelorette party. Um, and I just, I couldn't even be there for my friends and to be present with this amazing woman who was getting married. Like she was one of my best friends and I was so preoccupied in my brain with what I was going to be drinking, how I was going to get drugs, like what I was going to do. Um, And after leaving that party or that weekend, I knew, I was like, that's not normal. That's not, I shouldn't feel shitty about leaving a bachelorette party because of the way I was drinking. Um, And it wasn't just like a cute one night I like threw up and like everyone's like, haha, Grace, that's so funny. No, it was like off the rails. Um, And I just felt so selfish and so i i mean i just i felt shame and i felt um guilt um and from there i tried to stop drinking by myself and that lasted like two weeks um and then my second which is what i'm on now uh, um uh, it was a normal weekend, and I my normal weekend looked like blacking out most of the weekend and waking up every Sunday, just kind of putting the pieces together that where I'd been and what I was doing and trying to get myself together for the week, and that happened every weekend, but for some reason, that Sunday when I woke up, instead of saying, poor me, how does this keep happening to me? The world hates me. I said, maybe there's something that I'm doing that needs to change. Maybe there's something in me that needs to change. And it's not external, it's all internal, um, which is pretty pro- pro- profound for a very hungover, you know, 24 <laughs> year old. Um, and it didn't really, now I think back to it, and that's what I get from it. But it looked like me calling my mom and saying, I don't know anything all i know is that i can't stop drinking and i need to i need to get out of new york and i need to stop doing my job and those are the only three things i know and from there it was just like my mom just said okay no questions asked it was just like come home we'll figure it out and in that moment i felt so much relief like (laughs) all this weight of just like, how am I going to live my life strangled by this disease and like by, by alcohol and by drugs, like they fully controlled my life. Um, and now I was at a point where I could see my life in the distance, like not like I was, I was free, um, and it was scary, but it was also so freeing to know that, I didn't have to live like that anymore yeah Uh, so that's that's a long answer but
1: (laughs) no it's a perfect answer because it's your answer and i love that you have two different moments because you know i've talked to so many people on this podcast and off this podcast and really i think it's so hard to put it into like one moment because it really is like planning a bunch of planning a garden. You got to kind of have a bunch of different experiences rooted in a bunch of different things. Like some of them, those moments of clarity could be rooted in shame and guilt. They don't grow the biggest plants because you know, Mm -hmm. it's shame and guilt and it's not super nourishing, but moments like your second moment that have gotten you to hear, were sounds like it was built in confidence and taking the power back and understanding and reflection and all of these really nourishing kind of ingredients that make something grow a lot further, but they're all needed. And Mm -hmm. I think it's such a human experience to have these kind of regretful, reflective moments, like you described with The Bachelorette, like you can't avoid those sometimes. I have them in my story. You just shared you have them in yours and I enjoy you sharing it because I think people, if they're in them right now, need to know that that's like okay to feel that way and then you can have further clarity the kinder you are to yourself and the more like empowered you become. So I love it, I I love that that's your story. And it's so funny because the weight part of it on like feeling like freedom, once you've said, once you've kind of acknowledged or spoken it out loud that like this is something you need to change can be so freeing. But for a long time for me, it felt like it was gonna be this I don't know, like admission of failure or something if I had to say those words or like if I had to have that conversation or like it didn't matter how many times I've had it internally in my head, like if I said it out loud to somebody, then like you said, it would make it real. Um, when you said that and you kind of got that freedom back, like what were your next steps to like keeping that freedom going and did did it feel freeing Throughout, or did you ever feel like it was hard to juggle having that kind of lifestyle change in a big way?
0: Yeah, I mean, my when I went home, my parents kind of gave me the freedom um, to do whatever and whatever was going to help me. They they're like, we can tell you're not well, <laughs> um, and if You want to do that? Like, you can do whatever you want. We just want you to get better. Um, And the last night I was drinking, I drunkenly, like, looked up the rehabs and the IOPs and (laughs) the therapists, like, making this, like, plan to, you know, get sober. And I ended up doing some of those things. Um, But they really gave me, I mean, they gave me the resources. I was, I'm very blessed that I, I got to go to rehab and that's not everyone's story and it's just there I was in such a controlled environment yet internally I was so so free it's 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 a weird a weird way to think about it but
1: Mm.
0: I just I remember feeling all of my emotions for the first time in like seven years um and that was like the most freeing feeling also very scary I think yeah, a lot of my um, my freedom is paired with fear, right? So I yeah, I'm I'm terrified of what's inside of me, but I know that when I release it, again, it's real. I I I held everything in for so long that I was I was so fearful of what was gonna what I was gonna emote. Um, yeah and feeling rage for the first time feeling I I mean I felt sadness and love and happiness all again like I felt like a a new baby (laughs) like um doing all of these things over and it was that was the most freeing experience and then moving into the real world it was like whole different ball game like you've got outside entities coming in you've got New York City oh my gosh like just yeah. stimulation everywhere um and I remember when my parents picked me up from rehab and drove me to New York City I just remember when we got through the Lincoln Tunnel all of a sudden I just burst into tears because I was so overwhelmed and so overstimulated and I just I didn't think I could do it yeah. Um uh, and that's why I went to a sober house. Like I, I did all the things I put these bumpers around me so that I could succeed. And again, yeah. I, I was very fortunate and very blessed to be able to do that um, in the capacity that I was. But I needed that structure. And I needed people to be like, no, you can't go to a bar to watch a football game with your friends that drink. Like, 30 days sober, Grace. Like, that's ridiculous. And I'm, but in my head, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, but I want to see my friends, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So moving back into the city was a little more restrictive. um, But I'm, I'm going to be hopefully um, a year sober next week. And in the last, I'd say six months, I'm just flying around it's like, yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, uh,
1: yeah, I love that. Look, bumpers are necessary. Bumpers are necessary. And you know what, they're not always gonna be up. And I think that that was like my biggest um, uh, anxiety inducer, like, oh, if I stop drinking, then I'm gonna have to like, not be able to do this and this and this and this and this. And this. But some things you'll find you just naturally won't want to do them. Like I just want – like I don't want to go to an after-hours bar. Like I just (laughs) – there's literally not a single part of me or an amount of money somebody could pay me to go and and do that. But in my drinking, drinking Tequila Kate would have been like, oh my god, I'm going to miss this. and What am I going to do? How am I going to navigate it? And then there are some things where – you know, your example of like going to a bar and watching a football game with friends. That's not the best thing at certain times. And then in like five years or even sitting now, like depending on your comfortability, it just changes. And so I've I've found comfort in that. And have you been able to shift kind of your bumpers as you've gone on? And congrats on almost a year, nearly a year. That's mm-hmm. major. Every day is major, every five (laughs) minutes is major, and a year is definitely a major as well. So congrats. But in this year, have you been able to adjust your bumpers depending on kind of your strength or triggers or et cetera, et cetera? And how did you do that? Yeah,
0: that was like the biggest thing that I had to learn. First, what my triggers were and Mm -hmm. how to deal with them. Um, But... I did it very softly, very gently, and very slowly. Um, I started just seeing, I call them like my normal friends. <laughs> um, just the, the people I went to college and high school with that like saw me as the insane drunk person that I was, um, that still love me to this day. But um, I started just meeting them one on one for like, coffee or we would go for a walk or we'd go to dinner. Um, I was at that point like three months sober and I was just still not ready for like a big group of girls to be around me. Um, uh, and then slowly I remember I sent like one text to like my friend group, um, and just said, I think I'm ready to like, you guys can invite me to your dinners now. (laughs) Like the amount of open, clear communication I had with them was just necessary. um, Mm. Because they had to create separate group chats, you know, for, you know, the going out plans that I used to be a part of, which like, I didn't want to see any of that. You know, I didn't want to see, okay, we're meeting at this pregame at this time. Like that Mm -hmm. wasn't, that didn't serve me. That didn't help me. Mm -hmm. Um, but i remember giving them like clear signals okay now i can now i can go to dinner with you guys now at dinner if you want to drink that's cool <laughs> like mm-hmm. but, and then from there it was like i want to i want to go out with you guys like i went out with them a couple times now and it's been so like weirdly so much fun <laughs> um, <laughs> and i i'm shocked too um about it but I mean, it's really, I really had to go internally and just be like, honestly, Grace, what are you going to be comfortable with? And mm-hmm. they, they were so receptive. And so they just want what's best for me and to support me. And whatever I said, they were, they were like, yep, got it. Whatever, whatever you need. Um, but there were times I went out with them and, or went to dinners or whatever, just in group settings where I felt very triggered. And I immediately was like, I said to like, made eye contact with my besties. I was like, I gotta go. Like, this is not good. And they're like, okay, love you. Call you, like call me when you get home. And that was it. Like, no, like, Oh, stay, stay. It was none of that. Um, so just being like very true and honest to myself because I mean, it's easier said than done. Right. Like leaving a social setting with like all your like favorite people, um, but that one drink isn't worth all the work that I've done. Um, yes. So. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah.
1: That sounds incredible, too, that you have a really great community around you of people, whether they're like not drinking as well or partaking in drinking like it doesn't really matter everyone seems to be on the same page and i think that that is such an incredibly important tool for a social life when you're not drinking really honestly you can even take it out of drinking it if you're if you're gonna be gluten-free you know it's like important for everyone to know if you're at a dinner like okay let's be mindful of it um or just anything and i love that communication has been at the forefront really, I feel like of your whole journey, communication with others, but also like communication with yourself. Sounds like you had a lot of really necessary, valuable foundation build, foundational building conversations internally of like, okay, what's going to trigger me? What is something I'm, what am I going to do? What's my game plan for if I'm uncomfortable? What am I, how am I going to like, how do I know I'm ready to like send this text? How did you get all of those tools on communication? Was it kind of like a trial error situation? Do you have like a journal? Is like, how did
0: you get that knowledge? (laughs) I mean, I think some of them definitely were just like, I had certain things happen. I was like, that's never happening again. You know, like I I learned the hard way with some triggers, like um, delayed travel is a huge trigger for me. Like all I want to do is just drink my face off. Um, ah. and I, I learned that the hard yes. way and thank God I was surrounded by like five sober friends and just like echoed what I was think like the insanity that was happening in my brain. And they're like, I get it, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to do mm-hmm. that, but I get it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so some of them were just like learning the hard way trial and error. And then I don't. I mean, I've always kind of, I think a lot. Uh, um, (laughs) (laughs) Like my brain is always just like turning. um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are so many good and bad voices that are in my head. um, And I I never addressed them when I was drinking. Mm. The good, the bad, it was always just like, Let's just numb it. Let's just pretend like none of this is happening. Um, And now that I'm clear headed.
1: (laughs) Hey, we love a plug. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Um, I'm able to address those. And it's like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's like a privilege to be able to address those and like work through the things that are going on in my brain. Um, And communicating them that's a whole other thing um which is very difficult for me but when I'm with I wouldn't say the correct people but like the people that I know to be true to to me um there's no issue communicating as directly as possible um so I think finding those people um I mean, it's, it's taken me a long time to weed out the not so, you know, loyal people or it's not even, I don't know. Um, Yeah. No
1: one's wrong or bad. I I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's, it's part of, I think it's part of the journey too, that you go on of feeling like, how am I gonna like stay friends with certain people or how am I gonna like find different friends or what, like. I, I I feel like it's such a rightfully so like overwhelming component to stopping drinking is like, what am I going to do with my friends? Like, what are my friends going to say? How am I going to like say to my friends that like I'm not drinking? But it is so true that you'll find your core group and you'll find who needs to be filed in a different category, and that doesn't make that file a wrong or bad category. It's just a different file. It's just a different, you know, workload. It's just a different kind of dynamic that you'll develop. Um, And, like, I, so I hear you on that. It's not like they're wrong or bad. It's just, like, your core people that you're maybe the most aligned with currently um, makes it easier. I want to talk about, like, you mentioned the traveling and i say like oh yeah yeah i know that cuz i watched your tiktok and you were so you documented it and mm-hmm. so you started sharing your journey in september of 2022 right yes on tiktok okay what has that been like i've yeah. talked with people who you know their instagram in it up and but tiktok is like a whole different kind of vibe, the honesty, the unediting, the, you know, rawness. What's that journey been like for you?
0: Oh, that's why I love TikTok. I can be exactly who I am. And the people that resonate with it. Those are my people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I um, when I moved into the sober house, I don't know. I just, I kind of just started making videos um, of me counting days to 90 um, because 90 was like my big first milestone, 90 days sober. And from then it was just, I don't know. I I just got excited um, about, I just got so many people commenting and direct messaging me people coming out of the word woodwork of my like past life, like coming to me and just being like, Oh my God, either I'm sober too, or like, I need help. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is so cool that you're doing this. Like, I'm like, I haven't seen you since we were 14, but like, this is amazing. Like, so those are the three like categories that I've gotten. Every single one of them has inspired me to make more. Um, and especially the ones that are just like I'm on day 1 again. It's mm-hmm. just like that reminder that tomorrow I could you know drink and have to s- not start all over again but like reevaluate like what's what's happening? What happened? Um right. But I'm I mean I yeah, TikTok is I found s- weirdly so many friends through TikTok like that's that's a theme as well because people are so I mean there are a bunch of haters don't get me wrong I love to comment back at the haters it's my favorite thing ever like something really nice
1: um yeah is that is that your method because I do think like I, I don't even know I don't even know what you, to say, I mean, it's like, why would you hate on somebody who's doing something so good? But people do it. And I'm like, what well, did you do? What do you do about it?
0: I you think just comment something really nice. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I, it's just, I'll, they'll comment like, just go have a drink or like, it's self control, like so, something so, you <sighs> know, ignorant, right? That I'm like, yeah. well, I think I, I think I'm good for today. I'll like check in tomorrow, you know, see if I want to drink. <laughs> like something like that or just the ones that are really mean I don't address them because it's just like you're clearly sick as well I mean I get it yeah. I am too but um yeah I'm doing the work you're not you know um yeah. yeah but what I was saying the the people that do get it or know someone that gets it you know are just the, the community is just so lovely and so beautiful like everyone just wants everyone to succeed and success looks different for everyone. You know, there's different, different levels of being sober. And like, all of those are valid. I just want to say that they are. It's just the way you define sober is, is just the way you define it. Like it's, it's not right or wrong. Like what we were saying before, it's just, it's just what it is, you know? Yes.
1: I love that you said that. I think it's so important. Like Sobriety is truly like a fingerprint. It's not linear for everyone. It's a slow burn for some. It's a quick burn for others. It's a revisit, it's a pivot. It's just all so Mm. different. And it really isn't a one size fits all. And I love that you can connect with so many people in those different prints, in that different rhythm, in those different you know, steps of the dance that they're doing. And I think you've done a really freaking killer job. I mean- it's so admirable to go out and be vulnerable and share your story and be consistent and engage. And I really love following your journey on there. So thanks for creating it. Um, I want to wrap up our convo with my final question, which is What is something currently in your sober care routine? A book, a podcast, a drink, anything that is helping you make your life of not drinking that much stronger? Just one thing.
0: Oh, it could be a million. Give us a full rundown. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to say um, exercise and that has saved my ass many times. Um, and it doesn't have to be, like, extreme HIIT workouts. Like, walking is an exercise. Let's be clear, okay? Um, but just, like, getting your body moving, they say, like, move a muscle, change a thought. And, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was so cliche at first. And then I started, like, running and, you know, doing yoga. And I was like, damn, they're right. Like, I feel so much better after I've, like, released something. Um So that, that is like my number one. Um, And I'm not great at it all the time, but I'm, you know, you try your best. Um, Definitely go through waves where it's more consistent than others. Um, But I notice when I am consistent, I feel 10 times better. Um, Yeah. And then other than that, I mean, I would just say having like, a, like a treat beverage um has been like very helpful for me um I drink a lot of yes. water during the day but like when I come home and like put on my tv show like I don't want to be sipping still water like that's not cute you know <laughs> like yes um and I'm not totally into like the you know mocking the taste of alcohol, but like there are other options that, um, I love and those have been super helpful. Um, yeah, it's just, I
1: think it's like just the visual of having something different in your hand can like make all the difference. Sometimes I'll even grab just like a prettier still water like a glass bottle of box and I'm like oh my gosh okay fun I feel great now it's still water it's literally no different but it's just like the presentation of it can make all the difference to your brain which is so fun and easy and I love you just feel fancy
0: yes you deserve
1: to feel fancy every day no hangovers (laughs) there's a better way to do it right (laughs) Yes. Well, I I really like love talking to you and I'm so happy we connected and thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and thank being you. clear-headed.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Thank you again. This has <laughs> been great.
1: For more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. <laughs>